I'm afraid it's a whirlwind tour around the world this time, chaps. Hello, I'm Brett Dillon, and this is The Movie Chronicles. This episode, we're in 1896. Chocks away, you oikes! And we're away! We've landed in Algeria, and first off the blocks is Algier de Charmont au Port, Lumiere Brothers. Donkeys are offloaded from a ship and down a plank. Algier, Place du Gouvernement. Director, Alexander Promio. This is the public square mentioned in Vue d'Algier. Algier, Rue Babazon, Alexander Promio. This is the opening shot from View d'Algier. Prière du Mouzang, unknown. An Arab prays on what looks like a rooftop. Train de Saint-Eugène, Algier. Lumière Brothers. Because the track winds through the town of Saint-Eugène, the effect is a left-to-right frame pan of the houses close to the tracks. The shot takes us to a point above the town and then looks towards the sea. A horse and carriage run past the camera at this point, while another engine is backing into the space the train occupied. View d'Algier, also known in some files as Algier. Lumiere Brothers, and probably shot by Alexander Promio. Algier is the name given to a compilation of films. It was probably shot by an employee of the Lumiere Brothers. It opens with a street scene, not that much different from other street scenes of the time, except that we can see a far greater number of donkeys. It then cuts to an Arab market. The pedestrians get in the way of the camera a lot. The amusing part of this scene is a small boy on frame right who keeps trying to get back into shot when the pedestrians obscure him. The next shot is a public square which has a statue of a man on a horse at the centre. This cuts to a shot of a tram going along a street, shot from the back to look down the street. Of historical interest is to see how a crossing is negotiated with horse and cart and another tram vying for position. Upon turning a corner, the camera even does a little pan to get in a closer view of the sides of the buildings. The next two shots are down into the harbour, shot from a boat, and looking towards the shore. So strap yourself down, we're taking off again, and...
a quick detour finds us landing in Australia. I just wanted to have a quick flutter on the Melbourne Cup. We get there from the Flemington train station. Director, Marius Sestia. This is one of two films from the Melbourne Cup compilation that I have found as a standalone film with its own title. Melbourne Cup, 3rd November. Director, Marius Sestier. Actors, Henry Walter Barnett and Lord Brassi. A train arrives at a station, a reference to the Lumiere brothers, and the hordes are disgorged. I note the camera is set much further back than the position used in the Lumiere Brothers film. A jockey saddles a horse. The crowd gathers. The camera looks up at the stands while the parasols parade by. It is mostly the men who stop to look at this new invention, the movie camera. The expressions on their faces suggest they can't quite work out what it is for. The horses are paraded before about six men in the background who seem to be admiring a fine pair of legs on every filly. Slightly disconcerted by the gaze of the camera, they avert their eyes back to the horses. Down on the track, the men are waving their hats to cheer on their favourite as the horses go by. Director Marius Sestier was born on September the 8th, 1861, in Sazé, France and he died in 1928. Marius was a pharmacist by occupation. The Lumiere brothers hired him to demonstrate their cinematograph around the world. In 1896, he was sent to India, where he held the first motion picture screenings in India on July the 7th, 1896, at Watson's Hotel, Bombay. He shot the first Indian films at about this time. They're very hard to find. The Lumiere brothers rejected the footage because French customs had opened the canisters of film, rendering the stock unusable for their purposes. From India, he travelled to Sydney, Australia, where he made friends with Henry Walter Barnett. Henry had his own darkroom facility, which allowed Marius to develop the film before sending it back to France, thus thwarting French customs officials. In September 1896, Marius, Henry and Charles Westmacott opened the Salon Lumiere on Pitt Street, Sydney. This was Australia's first cinema. They soon began producing their own films, starting with P.S. Brighton in Manly, 1896. They made about 19 films together, the majority being of the Melbourne Cup Day. This was compiled into a 10-minute program of films premiered at the Princess Theatre, Melbourne, on November the 19th. This is Australia's first film production. Marius returned to France in 1897 and went on to become director of the Lumiere Patents Company. Melbourne, Les Courses Sauté de Chevaux. Director, Henry Walter Barnett. This is part of the Melbourne Cup Carnival series, and shows the jockeys at the weigh-in. The crowd weigh in with their own comments and completely obscure the action. We're off again!
This time we're landing in Austria. After a stroll down a Viennese street, we find Vienne Entre du Cinémagraphe, director Charles Mousson. The cinema is on a street corner. The camera has been placed further up and on the other side of the road. Chucks away, chaps! A short jump, and we touch down in Germany. Cologne, Panorama Pristone Bateau, director Constant Girel. The camera is locked down to a barge as it moves upriver. We see the wharf on the far bank. The camera then pans to the front, where we see two bridges in the background. The nearest one has pedestrians walking along it. Frederick Street in Berlin. Director is unknown. A building housing the Panopticum is top centre frame. The camera is on the other side of the road and further down from this building, which is on a corner. It is shooting on an angle towards the building. The street is wide and heavily manured at centre frame exactly. The horse traffic passes by the camera on either side of the street and well-dressed ladies with their parasols cross the street. All the men seem to be in a hurry, as it should be. Quick, grab your luggage. The flight is about to take off. Greece, and the reason for the speed is so we can arrive in time for the Athens Olympics. Director, again unknown. This document shows the first modern Summer Olympic Games and depicts the opening ceremony, the high jump, and two competitors in the standing jump. For the sportsman, I'm just describing what I see. The Olympics list the high jump, the pole vault, and the long jump as events. The event I saw has an athlete standing next to a bar and, from a standing start, try to clear the bar to the other side. So much to see, so little time. Chucks away! Italy for Venice Tramway sur le Grand Canal, aka Gondola Party. A party in a gondola are rowed towards the camera. A motorboat passes in front of the camera and the shot returns to the gondola. 
Bandy Diane a Milan, also known as Baths at Milan, Italy. Director Louis Lumiere, director of photography, possibly Giuseppe Filippi. The pool takes up the foreground. There are a set of stairs, centre frame. The first flight leads to a diving board. The second flight leads to a balcony with two diving boards. The camera watches a series of stunt divers from all the boards perform their tricks. Il Finto Stoppio, director Italo Pascioni. A very big and ugly dog suns itself in an Italian piazza, while a procession of women and men have to walk around it. The action then becomes a little confused because of the picture resolution. I think a man has his hat blown off. He, another man, and the dog pursue the hat until they retrieve it. The rector, Italo Pacioni, was born on March the 29th, 1872, in Mirandola, Italy, and he died in 1940. His first film was also Italy's first film, Arrivo del Treno alla Stazione di Milano, 1896. On October the 31st, Italo honoured his birthplace by a screening of films inside the Teatro Greco of the Catalo dei Pico in Mirandello. This was the first time projected films were seen in Italy. Naples, Port e Vesuve, also known as Naples, Port and Vesuvius. It is a Lumiere Brothers production, but uh, details on who shot it and who was the director are currently unknown. The camera is on the wharf, looking across to a mist-shrouded Mount Vesuvius. Various people stroll along the quay. There is even a carriage which goes through the mid-ground. A boy in white runs by the camera. A sailor strolls along, looking at the points of interest, none of which include the camera. A man, balancing a basket on his head, walks towards the carriage. Panorama di Grand Canal, Pristone Bateau. Director Alexander Promio. This film is famous for being the first moving shot. It was taken from a gondola in Venice. The camera passes another gondola as a motorboat cuts off the view coming from the opposite direction. Rome, Pont Repetta, director Alexander Promio. The camera is set up at the end of the bridge, looking down on it. A trolley car goes around it, obscuring the view, and then the film opens out on the location. Naples, Leve et Filet de Pêche. Produced by the Lumiere Brothers. Fishermen lined up on the shore pull two large cables from the sea. They are attached to a net which gradually comes into view. Summer, also known as a visual tour of Italy, also known as Milan, Venice, and a visit with Pope Leo XIII. Production details are currently unknown. It all begins in Milan, at the Place du Dome, a busy square with what looks like a cathedral in the background. There are many pedestrians. An electric trolley comes towards the camera. A boy in what I suppose is a sailor suit and a large straw hat who passes under the camera is the feature of interest in this shot. 
The camera is set on the pavement, set about chest height. As a travelogue shot, it is a failure because the crowd is so large the image is confusing. The next shot takes us to Venice to see the pigeons at the Place des Marques. A woman is being swamped by the pigeons in the square as she feeds them. A man is crouched down beside her, maybe checking out which is the plumpest for tonight's pie. Mm. The woman approaches the camera smiling as she lets seed fall from her outstretched hand. Still in Venice, we are shown the Grand Canal. A gondola, slightly right of centre, has motorboats pass either side of it. Now is the chance for the Pope to shine. This footage is badly damaged. The Pope enters, sits down, and then blesses the theatre audience. But wait, there's more. A jump cut takes us to the Pope arriving in a horse and carriage. Once again, he blesses the audience before moving off. Here is a man with many blessings. Another jump cut takes us to an interior shot. The Pope enters through a doorway, heavily leaning on his cane. He is offered a seat and sensibly takes it, mopping his face as he does so. He is not out of blessings yet because he blesses us all again. It's hard to tell because of the picture resolution, but I seem to detect a sardonic amusement in the Pope as he does so. Is he thinking... Screening this image to the faithful will save me a lot of work. Or, this intrusive technology will lead us all to hell. With the coming of sound, Hollywood decided it would be cheapest to adapt classic literature to get plots for its product. This is the theme for the next episode, where I take you to 1937. For more Movie Chronicles goodness, buy Movie Chronicles Beginnings from an e-store near you. Become a Patreon or Buzzsprout supporter, just for a laugh. You'll become a pod person, and I can promise you, we all float down, 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 down.